chapter 1, and, and I have something that the Lord spoke to me this morning. I woke up for this church. He said to tell you to slow down. You're running helter-skelter, trying to make something happen. Just smell the coffee. Enjoy a sunset. Get over the idea that you have to be busy to be productive. There's nothing wrong with being busy. Over busy is wrong. You're wearing yourself out. You know, I was reading one day in the Bible and it said Abraham was sitting in his tent. And I thought, he's doing what? He's just sitting in a tent. You see, the sheep were making sheep. Camels make camels. Abraham don't make camels. God makes camels. A lot of times we're busy and just wearing ourselves out and think we're producing. And you're not. You might just be getting tireder. <laughs> Slow up a little bit. Slow down and enjoy your life. Take time to enjoy the moment. Don't always be living for tomorrow. I have a t-shirt that says, I'm your cup of coffee. It's really about Jesus. Lisa and I wake up in the morning and we crank up the coffee pot and go in the living room, sit and pray and read the Bible. We don't, even, we don't even walk out of the house in the morning without spending time with God and one another. Those are not wasted times. That's precious moments. Everything else is unimportant. I didn't marry Lisa just to have a housewife and a cook. Married her for companionship. And I enjoy being with her. The other day we were out on the lake. And I, I take her out, and she goes around a couple times, and by then she's usually tired. And I told her, I said, why don't you just rest a while and go again? She said, well, you're just sitting there. I said, I'll sit here all day and wait on you. If you want to do a few more laps around the lake, I'll sit here. And I jumped off the jet ski, and we went swimming together in the middle of the lake. Got back on and went a while. Don't be in such a hurry to be somewhere else. Amen. Thank you. That has nothing to do with my sermon. Go to Acts chapter 1. Chapter 1. We're going to talk again about the Holy Spirit. My sermon today is called The Genius. The Holy Spirit. I stole my title. Y'all looking at me like a dog in a new bull. This is Mark Hankins' book, The Holy Spirit's a Genius. So don't tell him I stole his title. Well, I couldn't think of anything else. But I want to talk more about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a bird. He's not the lesser of the Godhead. He's God. And so I think it's time that we started being more Pentecostal. Thank you all. I'm not ashamed of my spiritual roots. I am a tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy roller. And I'm proud of it. Amen. And I'm not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. We don't have him in the back room. We actually let him out here some. Acts 1 verse 4. Let's talk about what Jesus said. 1 4. And being assembled together, he commanded them, don't depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. John baptized you with water. 
and you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And when they came together, they said, Lord, when are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons the Father put in his own authority. Now, that bothers Americans today. They want to know, when is he coming back? When is Trump getting back in office? Glory to God. All these questions we have, amen. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other parts of the earth. Now, I'm going to say this because I think most people in here know this, but I don't know who's all in the room. Pentecost is not the first day of the church. The denominational Christians taught it for years that the day of Pentecost is when the church began. That is not true. The day the church began was the day Jesus rose from the dead. He's the firstborn from the dead. And then what about John running in the tomb that says he saw and believed? What about Thomas when Jesus says you, you believe because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me yet believe. We've already got a whole bunch of believers. And then in John 20, he said, and receive the Holy Spirit and breathe them. So this isn't Pentecost yet. They, we've already got a church here with people born again. So when it says you shall be endued with power, he did not say you'd be born again. Now I'm going to say something about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and go back to what I said a while ago about being offended. Don't let truth offend you. If you have a different opinion, prove me wrong. I don't care. But the reason denominational people don't need the Holy Ghost is because it's power to witness. If you don't care whether people go to hell or not, you don't need power. Now, let's talk about it for a moment here. There's nothing in your Bible. God never started or told you and I to start anything to do what he does in the natural. So, listen to me very carefully. Don't throw anything at me. I don't believe God ever told anybody to start a hospital. And you know why men start hospitals? Because they lay hands on people and nothing happens. And so they build a hospital. And they do it to make money. I, I was in a meeting one day with, with uh, Seven Day Adventist, and we were talking, they were talking to pastors. And they said, it's costing them too much money for you to come to the emergency room. So they started these little clinics around town. And they said they did it to save money. Thank y'all for y'all's enthusiasm. But, but, but hospitals is, is called being backslidden. Jesus never started a hospital. He laid hands on the sick and they recovered. Now see, if the men of God were to go in their room and say, Heavenly Father, we're praying for people, nothing's happening, and repent and get right with God, then God would have used them in a mighty way. But they didn't do that. They started, they went from, from something spiritual, and they did it their self. So it is, we do a lot of things in the natural God never told you to do. To help him out. It's like Abraham and and. and and, uh, you know, he had Isaac and he had Ishmael. Lot, people have a lot of Ishmaels in their life because they're trying to help God with only something that can only be done supernaturally. God didn't take Jericho with bulldozers and dynamite. He did it with a shout. The walls came down supernaturally. 
Jesus is a supernatural man, and the church is a supernatural group of people who are sons of God, endued with power from on high, and we ought to be the most powerful force in the earth. So we're going to talk about him, not it, him. So I want you to go with me to Genesis chapter 1. Just bear with me because we're going to have a good time if you want one. We'll have a bad time if you don't want one. Well, we're going to have a time anyway. Smith Wigglesworth says, if, if a preacher doesn't make you mad or glad, God doesn't speak through him. I'm pretty sure he's talking through me sometimes. I can see your faces. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning, God created heavens and earth. We've always kind of gone God, God, God. See, the, the church world has magnified Father, Son, Holy Ghost, God. We don't want no part of that. Well, what part of him is not God? Since when did we get the right to divide the Godhead up? So we're going to read a little bit about him, not it, him. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. What's he doing? It says in the Hebrew he's brooding, or brooding. I'm not sure if I know the right way to say that word. You chicken farmers need to let me know how to say that. (laughs) Holy Ghost is on the water waiting on God to speak. But he made everything we see. Holy Spirit. I read a documentary one year and I was, I was studying uh, science. I love real science. Especially scientists who believe in Jesus. Did you know how big the largest star in the universe is? If our sun was a soccer ball, the largest sun is the size of a popka. That's huge. That's a lot of gas. And there's trillions and trillions of them. So there's somebody big out there. That's the Holy Spirit. Think about the fact that he was hovering over the earth, which was nothing but water. And God said, land be. And the Holy Spirit created dirt. Then he said, animals be. And he started making elephants, giraffes. Tigers, lions, bears, dogs, cats, chickens, squirrels, mice, and spiders. And the Holy Spirit made it all. How smart do you think he is? Say very. Oh, he's very smart. And he's very powerful. So, we're kind of getting a little bit of a perspective on the size of the, of the person called Holy Ghost. Let's look at another scripture here. And 1 and Sam, Samuel 16. I'm going to skip one because I, I don't want to run out of time. 1 Samuel 16. Let's think about, before I go to that, Abraham. Now I'm going to call him a name and it's, it's, for, uh, it's just to make a point. Abraham was an old geezer. Probably a pretty decrepit old geezer until the Holy Ghost came on him and got him through his impotence so that at the age of over 120, he fathered a child 
and after Sarah died, he remarried. That's, that's pretty good job, Holy Ghost. Some of you men need to think about that just a tiny bit. Don't quit running around telling us how old you are. You ain't all that old. Just think about the Holy Ghost getting on your flesh. Run through a troop and jump over a wall. And Sarah was an old, decrepit, barren woman. And Holy Ghost got on her and made her a mommy. And not only that, but the Holy Ghost got on the two of them and made them rich. Yeah. Let's stop for a minute and let's talk about money a second. He didn't say that Abraham had to work eight days a week to get rich. He said God made him rich. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you working, but if you're overworking, it's you. Yeah. Learn how to rest. So everybody the Holy Spirit's ever gotten on, everyone, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Never mind. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's read this right here in 1 Samuel 16. How long, first one, how long, and the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I've rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil. I'm going to send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. I've provided myself a king. Among his sons. Now when did David become king? Do you think the anointing had anything to do with it? Yeah, you better believe it did. David was only a boy. No different than any other boy. Now we need to get out of all of our stories and come back to what the Bible said but the moment that God put his anointing on a boy, the boy became a king. The anointing changed David's mind. The anointing changed his heart. The anointing changed his perspective of life. The anointing took him from being a dumb kid to a ruling, reigning king of all Israel. It gave him the, the wisdom and the mind of God. Not only that, but he went back to his sheep. The shepherd was the lowest of the low. He's the garbage collector of the day. There was no job title in all Israel lower than shepherd. That was the dumbest of the dumb. You took the dumbest of the dumb, anointed a dumb kid with oil, and when he went back to take care of the sheep, he grabs a bear and beats the ever-loving mud out of him. That's not normal. If you think it is, I'd like to see your Facebook. But you see, that became normal to David but it wasn't David's flesh, it wasn't David's mind, it was the anointing that destroyed the yokes and turned him into a king, even as a boy it made him a king. Changed his whole thinking. Steps out in the field and sees a giant and goes, I'll take you out. And see, a lot of people read the story and read the story and, you've, and it just never dawned on you. It's not just, it's, the Holy Spirit came on him. Now, we're not talking in him. We're talking on him. We're talking only on him. Yeah. Say, not me. See, later next Sunday, we'll get in the Holy Spirit on you. Yeah. 
and Holy Spirit in you. And honey, when he comes on you. So we see David here. We see God making David into a king. Not only that, but David became rich. Isn't that amazing? Let me back up a minute and I'll talk a little bit about a guy named Daryl. You see, my family, which are from Georgia, they're hooping and hollering right now. They were rejoicing in the Lord a while ago when I was talking. But see, my family knows me. I grew up in Athens, Georgia. My brother went to college, my sister, and, you know, everybody's. You know, my grandfather was a professor of horticulture. We, we were a very supposed to be refined bunch of folks. But my dad was a Marine Corps pilot, one of the three men that designed the C5A galaxy. So we're not really a bunch of numb nuts in the natural. But I was. I'm the one in the family that, you know, my mother would go, this is Ronnie, Robin, and Nancy. Where's Daryl? Oh, well, he's out in the woods. <laughs> kind of like the way they treated David. I'm the, they wrote the Dennis the Menace movies about me. <laughs> the, and so my family sees me at 20-something years of age. I'm, 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 I'm growing my own food. I'm hunting catching fish out of the river, running around with blue jeans and no, and no shoes. And then one day I get born again, and, they, and I disappear. I go off to Oklahoma, and nobody knows where I am. And later they hear I moved to Florida, and then they come down one at a time to visit with me, and they see him in a $500 heart shafter and Mark suit and alligator shoes out of debt and driving a new car, and they're like, there's a God. <laughs> well, what happened to me, the day I got born again, God placed his mind in yes, me. Amen. And I got a hunger for yes. God. I had a hunger for knowledge. Yes, All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit rewrote my Bible, and I began to think like God, walk like God, and yes. talk like God. When the old man really was God, and my family's like, we knew him. So when I go up there, they always talk about, you remember when you burned Nancy at the stake? They won't always bring up me burning Nancy at the stake. She was the Indian, and I was the cowboy. That's what cowboys do. They, I didn't build a big fire under her. It was a little one. <laughs> Mama beat the mud out of me. I got Nancy tied to a tree and got a little fire around her. And I, I didn't, it didn't singe much, but you know. They were all glad I got saved. Everybody in the neighborhood was glad I got saved. But see, they do remember the old man and the new. But something happened. Something happened. Way out of the ordinary. Let's look at another one. I want to show you another one in here. First Kings chapter 1. Let's go over there. Well, I'm going to step on a few toes this morning, but it's okay. It's not my first time. First Kings chapter 1, verse 39. 
Zadak, the priest, took a horn of oil from the tabernacle and anointed Solomon, and they blew the horn, and the people said, Long live King Solomon. Go to 1 Kings 3, 5. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, and God said, Ask what I'll give you. And Solomon said, You've shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart with you. And you have continued this great kindness for him and given him a son to sit on the throne, me. And now, O Lord my God, you've made your servant king instead of my father. But I'm a little child, and I don't even know how to go out and come in. Solomon wasn't lying. Solomon was a dumb, dumb kid. He said, I don't even know how to get up in the morning. Wasn't a whole lot to it. This concerned him because all of a sudden he's a king, and he's got a responsibility, and he can't even control himself. And he said, God said, what do you want me to do for you? He said, I, I need you to give me some wisdom. I need a little bit of help. Let me read the rest of this. It's very, it's very good. Your servant is the midst of your people whom you chose, a great people, too numerous to be numbered. Therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge these great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord. And Solomon asked this thing, and God said, because you've asked this thing, you didn't ask me for long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but you asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I've done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there's no, not anyone before you or after you that will arise after you will be like you. I have also given you what you didn't ask, riches, honor, and there shall not be anyone who among all the kings of your days so walk in the ways of my ways and keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, and I will lengthen your days. And Solomon awoke, and indeed it had been a dream. Now I want you to think about this for a moment because we need to go back and just study this. I have a pet peeve about the way we raise our kids. Why do you send your kids to secular universities? All of them are backslidden Bible schools run by the devil. Come on. Your kids are not going to be better equipped because they go to college. Don't shout me down. What happened to Solomon? What school did he go to? He didn't go to school. Holy Ghost came on him. Holy Ghost came on him. And he, was, he had people come in from all over the earth to spend an hour with him and ask him questions. Say Holy Ghost. Say Holy Ghost. Now if God sends you to college, go to college. But if he doesn't, why don't you get in the middle of the will of God? Why don't you get in the, why don't you get full of the Holy Ghost? Lisa and I um, she's going to tell me, Justin will tell me the name of the young lady. Corey Graham. Cor Tori? Corey Graham. Coy? Tori. Tori Graham. <laughs> we had a missionary stop at our house. His wife, 
the man, the husband was off someplace, and she came here to church, and Lisa took them home and took the little girls water skiing. Little girl, 16 years old. And the little girl is full of God. I will tell you this without any reservation. I mean, she acted more mature than most 30-year-old people. She had a brain past some adults. And I looked at her, and I'm just going to be honest with you. It, I told her mom, if she wasn't 16, she'd be married to one of my boys. <laughs> I mean, I would just snatch her. And her parents homeschooled her, and she's already at 16 authoring and publishing books. And sit down and have an adult conversation with anybody 30, 40 years of age. Not even acting like a, there's no childishness, but not stupid either. And she's out on the lake having a lot of fun. And I mean, I was so impressed, I was completely awed by this girl. We've got young people in this church that are full of God. And I'm going to tell you something, they're already smarter and wiser than some adults. Look around this room at people like Megan. I'm embarrassing her. <laughs> and Chloe Hayward. Amen. And Diego. Amen. These kids are very sharp. Very, very sharp. As a matter of fact, you should sit and talk to them. They might can help you. What happened to them? Full of God. When we say full of the Holy Ghost, are you getting a picture that I'm trying to paint? He's not stupid. Imagine thinking God's thoughts. Could you at 16? Yes, you can. You don't have to wait until you're 80. And you don't have to learn it all the hard way. Now, I'm going to say something, and I hope that you'll bear with me a moment. I've had dinner with elderly people who the little 16-year-old was smarter than they are. They don't act a day over 10. And I'm not just joking. I'm, I'm being very serious. I'm looking at them going, bless your heart. There's not a lot I can do for you. You've never even sought God. You see, being smart is not school. Being smart is being full. Now understand something. If, if, if the Lord says you go to school, you pack it up and you go to school. But if he doesn't, why don't you just get in the middle of the will of God and trust God? I could go deeper in that. But if you went to school and you're not doing what was your major, you just missed God and wasted a lot of money. Thank you all. We see Solomon... In one day, God downloaded his brain in him. That's incredible, guys. I mean, he's not even born again. You were going some ways with this sermon. He, the, the greatest prophet in the Old Testament, you are already here greater than they are. Say amen. amen. 
All right, then I'm going to move on here. Matthew 3. I know it's quiet in here, but it's okay. I, I mean, I wonder about y'all. But somebody told me one time you were thinking. I think that's good. I want you to think. Matthew 3, 13. And Jesus came from Galilee to John of the Jordan to be baptized by him. Why? I thought he was God. Is God making a mistake? No. Did Jesus need the Holy Ghost? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah? Yes, sir. If Jesus needed the Holy Ghost, do you? Yes. Come on, I'm doing a real good job of preaching right now. You see, he called the Holy Spirit a gift. Have we really recognized what was given to us? This guy that made the universe, this guy that went into hell and brought Jesus out, this everything you see Jesus doing, he didn't do it to prove he's the son of God. Now that's a denominational untruth. Well, he did it to prove he was God. No, he didn't. He was God at 12. He never did miracles at 12. He didn't do any miracles at 21. He didn't do them at 28. And he's God at 28. When did miracles begin? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the, of the devil. I mean the moment that the Holy Ghost came on Jesus Christ he immediately went to a wedding and turned their water into wine, fixed the wedding, took off and out in the wilderness and spent time and whooped the devil, came back and 5,000 men and all their wives and children walked eight days to hear him talk. Amen. What happened to him? He got full of God, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jesus looked at you and I and said, don't even leave Jerusalem. Don't leave a pub until you're full of God. We're not supposed to be a struggling church in the last days putting up with a bunch of government numbnuts who are full of the devil and they're trying. We're worrying about getting somebody in office. We've already got somebody in office. I got somebody living on the inside of me. I got the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. I'm already Trump, Trump. Amen. You want to hear some wisdom? You need to come hear what I got to say. Because I got God on me. I mean, they ought to know when you walk in a room. Whoa, when you walked in the room, everything changed. Every devil in hell ought to bow its knee. I'm going to tell you a story. How many of y'all old enough to remember Catherine Kuhlman? They called Catherine Kuhlman one day and said, everywhere you go, you're causing trouble. 
she'd get on an airplane and board the plane to go preach. She was a very simple woman. She wore a white dress. She just had a microphone. She had no fancy, nothing on the stage. All she had was just God. And when she'd walk through the airport, everybody she walked by fell down. Now, you can understand, for the airport authorities, this is creating a problem. And it didn't happen once. It happened every time she left her house and went anywhere, and she goes to gate 53, and everybody from gate 53 to the tram is laying on the floor. And they called her and said, Miss Kuhlman, you're causing trouble. She said, I'm not doing anything. She said, God is doing it, and I can't control what he does. And the airport authority got with her. Imagine being so full of God that the airport authority has got to get you a special car to put you on the plane so you don't knock everybody in the airport down because you walk by them. That's not just one person. That's just one person full of God. I believe before Jesus returns, we're going to see churches full of people who get up on Sunday morning and go to Walmart, and everybody in Walmart is going to fall out in the power, and Holy Ghost is going to heal their bodies, and he's going to raise, people are going to raise from the dead just because you walked by. I receive it in Jesus' name. Come on. So they get her a car, put her in it, bring her to the airplane, and put her on first. So they can get the rest of the people off the floor to get them on the plane. That's a problem. But it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It should be normal. I have a friend named Sandy. She was a Playboy bunny. When I knew her, she was slightly plump and didn't look like a Playboy bunny, but she told me that she had been praying over her husband's. He was graduating from, from college, and she went down. She lived in Tulsa, and she went down to the mall to get him a suit. And she'd been in there praying, and she told me that that week God had taken her into hell and showed her hell. She's an evangelist, told her, I said, I want you to start preaching the gospel stronger than you've ever preached it because there's too many people going to hell. And so Sandy's in there in the presence of God, but she's got to give up, and her husband's named Dean, and she's got to go to Dillard's and get him a suit. And she walks up, and she said, I want to get a suit for my, for my husband, and the lady helping her falls out. <laughs> and Sandy went and found another person, and they fell out. And she's finally, everybody in Dillard's that tried to help her was laying on the floor laughing in the Holy Ghost. Now, she's got to get a suit. So she ends up going to J.C. Penney's, and she's walking through the mall, and she looked behind her, and everybody in the mall is on the floor. And she got in her car and went home and called her husband and said, you're going to have to go buy your own suit. I can't get anybody to help me. That's a problem. Now, see, I'm, going, I'm trying to go someplace. 
What have we done with him? What are we doing with him? We talked about Jesus. What, what, about, what about Paul? Shipwreck. Snake bit. Stoned him to death. Didn't seem to stop him. Jesus went into hell. Who got him out? The Holy Ghost. Where does he live? Inside me. Woo, glory. <laughs> Say greater, greater is he, he inside me than he that's in the world. Now we're not going to do it right now, but we're going to talk in a few minutes about what it means to be being filled. Yaribanu do you not know who is in you? Who lives in you? You don't have a problem. You have a wrong focus, but you don't have a problem. Who made your body? After Jesus was beat, do you think he came out limping? I tell you what, I believe when I read Messiah healing, they beat the hell out of me on that cross, and even though the Holy Ghost got me out, I, yeah, whoa, I'm, I don't worry about it, boys. I don't think so. I don't think the Holy Spirit had a whole lot of. Don't you think about this? People talk about cremation. He's going to find all that dirt and put you back. Is it possible to put all that dirt back in order even right now? You think he can fix a heart murmur? You think he can kill some cancer? Do you think he can straighten out brain fog? And Come on, I'm going to say something. I don't want y'all get mad at me. I, I, think the church, I think the Pentecostal church is backslidden. We wanted so much to be like a dead denomination. We can't even get charismatics to speak in tongues in church on Sunday morning. Let's all pray in the spirit. We're all going to sing in the spirit. <laughs> You're a mess. You're walking around with God in you. You're walking around with God inside you. God inside you. I mean, that's a crazy statement. Where's God in me? I was eating dinner with a guy one time, and he was a businessman, and he said, Pastor Morgan, you're kind of different than other preachers. What is the difference. I said, I'm full of God. And he went, I have never heard that before. And I said, where do you go to church? Why is it you've been to church and you've never heard that? I mean, that almost sounds like heresy. I'm full of God. Did you know that God can't live in a sinner? Apparently, you're not as bad as the devil said you were. 
under the old covenant, if you stepped in the throne room, you would drop dead. God don't allow sinners in his presence. If he's in you, you ain't a sinner. Maybe we need to come back to a little redemption preaching that you're not as bad as the devil told you that you are. Here you are walking around God in your fingers and God in your nose and God in your elbow and God in your toes and God in your eyeballs and your belly button too and then you're walking around like you don't know what to do. I mean, man, we are full of wall-to-wall God on the inside of us. You ought to wake up in the morning and go, Good morning, Holy Ghost. Let's do something else right now. Let's get over the fear of you looking stupid. Tongues is not stupidity. Correct. Come on. I was at the shoot the other day with Justin, and this guy was talking, and he was Spanish, and he said, How many languages do you speak? And I said, Hundreds. I wasn't lying. They're over there talking Spanish, and I went, What'd you say? I said, I hadn't got a clue. I said, It sure felt good, though. I believe I can do anything that he says I can do. That's fun. That's fun. The world is trying to be important, and we are. Oh, boy. I'm going to come over here and say that. You know, I've always wondered about the Marvel movies. Do they know that I'm in the theater? Peter knows you're in the theater. The devil in hell knows we're in the theater. Thank you, Lisa, for that amen. I'm talking right now about creating an awareness for us and who we are and what we have and start practicing his presence. Sunday morning is not a waste of your time. You'll do, it'll do you more good to spend an hour in the, in the presence of God than anything you do in this life. Amen. He'll fix every problem you've got. Amen. I can't, I'm, I mean, I'm not even going to get anywhere near done today. That's all right with you. I want to read something to you that Smith Wigglesworth wrote. The man that raised 38 people from the dead. You think he has any? You think he knows some? And he was an ignorant plumber who couldn't read or write. You know more Bible than he did. Does she know something we don't know, though? God has put us in a place where he expects us to have the latest revelation, the revelation of the marvelous fact that Christ is in us and what it means. We can understand Christ only as we're filled and overflowing with the Spirit of God. Our only safeguard from dropping back in our natural mind from which you can get nothing. Your brain can't produce squat. Don't get mad at me. 
is to be filled and filled again with the Spirit of God and to be taken to new visions and revelations. Wigglesworth also said it is a luxury to be filled with the Spirit. At the same time, it is a divine commandment. Be being filled. Let me finish something else he said. The most important thing one thinks the most, the most important thing, the one thing that counts, is to see that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled to overflowing. Anything less than this is displeasing to God. We are commanded by God to be filled with the Spirit. And in the measure you fail this, you are that far short of the plan of God for your life. And you're miserable. Our only safeguard from dropping back in our natural mind from which you can never get anything is to be filled and filled again with the Spirit of God and taken to visions and revelations. Yeah. Now think about this. Don't leave Jerusalem. Why would the head of the church think that was in, he didn't say go to school. He didn't say start a hospital. He didn't say get a career, have a checkbook, bank account, save up for old age. What was the most important words he uttered when he rose from the dead? Don't leave Jerusalem until you're full of God. That's the, the, the wisest man who is God said something, and we need to take it and make it weighty. That's massively huge. Don't blow it off. He wasn't saying something stupid. Am I doing good? Rick Renner gives light to the full meaning of the word infirmity in the Greek. He said it describes a crippling disease, a mental oppression, a reoccurring plague which is terminal and incurable. Talking about Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our infirmities. We don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that can't be uttered. And he who searches your heart knows what the mind of the Spirit, he will make intercession for you according to the will of God. Did he make your body? He can keep it healthy. Did he make money? He can get it to you. Are there angels to help you? He can get you a few. Can he give you favor? Yeah. Come on, I'm doing really good because I actually smell sawdust burning right now, which means people must be thinking. Everybody say, you're doing really good. All right, that makes me feel good. An example of this is when a person has fallen into a pit and can't get out. This is when the Holy Spirit jumps in the pit with you and he lifts you up. If you're in a pit, the only way out is the Holy Ghost. You don't even know you're in a pit. 
and you don't even know how to get out or the wisdom to get out. I'm going to stop right there because I'm going to take another trip. The only way a Christian can be defeated is if he's spiritually depleted. That is good. That is good. Now think about that. That means you can't be defeated unless the devil can get you out of the spirit. Now I said this years ago, and I'm going to say it again. It makes. I watched the movie where Batman beats Superman. And I'm thinking, let me tell you something, Bat Boy. You ain't going to whip Superman. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but when I grew up, Superman eat bullets. Batman, he ain't, no, Batman ain't, you you shoot Batman, he going to die. That bat's coming down. And so I have to watch the movie because if he's going to beat him, he's going to do something that he just, but he did beat him. And all y'all Batman, Superman fans, I know y'all are out there. Thank you. I got one over here. I got one over here. I got another one over here. I got another one over here. I got another one. Hey, anybody else in here watch Batman, Superman? Hey, come on, the Bevel Boys. I know the Bevel Boys are watching Batman. So how did he do it? He got him in the midst of kryptonite, turned him into a normal man, and beat the mud out of him. And this is the devil. You don't need to go to that Holy Ghost meeting. Come, Come on over here. Play with this a little. Play with that a little. Play with this. And all the demons are going, is he full? No, but he's getting less full. He's not praying in the spirit anymore. Come on, come on, come on. Don't read your Bible. Don't read it. Don't read it. Don't go to church. No. And all the devils are watching you, and then they go, today's the day we kill him. But down inside of you, there's a guy, and you wake up that morning and say, and the devils are going, stop him. No, no. And somewhere from the inside you go, I plead the blood, and every devil in hell goes, oh, no, no, not the blood, not the blood, not the blood. Oh, no, 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 he's getting full. He's getting full again. He's getting full of the Holy Ghost again. He's getting full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, my God, no, no, no. We almost had it. We almost had it. We almost were able to kill him. You get up out of your chair at home and go, Satan, shut up. All the little demons head down the road and go, we need to pick on somebody else. Say, that's me. (laughs) Been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. 
I've had mornings I've woke up with fear on me. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're out of money. You're broke. You're done. Nobody likes you. God don't even like you. You're defeated. And all I knew to do was to lay there in a pool of sweat. Doesn't start off victorious, but you just begin. And 30, 45 minutes later, it's like you hit a gusher. And all of a sudden, you're like, Lisa's awake and the dog is awake and the bears are listening to you. And you're just praying. And you get up and walk around the living room and you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Until out of your guts you go, I don't know how and I don't know when, but I will walk with God again. I am not defeated and I will not die of this disease. You will not kill my wife and you will not destroy my church and you will not destroy me. I will live and not die with long life. And I mean, folks, that's coming up out of the inside. Folks, if you've never been in a battle, I feel sorry for you. Don't, don't be ashamed you have fought great fights because you're here. Let me tell you, every one of you in this room right this minute, you fought battles, but you're not defeated. Amen. You're still here, aren't you? Amen. Quit being ashamed of the fight. You know why you had a fight? Because you're a threat. He don't fight people who are not a threat. If you've had a problem in your life, it's because the devil told you how important you are. He attacked Jesus, he attacked Paul, and he attacked you. Why did he attack you? Because you're a son of God. You're full of the Holy Ghost. And God is afraid of you. He's a, the devil is afraid of you. If you start talking in tongues, you'll scare the hell out of him. I'm going to tell you, we're going to have to get to the place where we start coming to church and praying. We're holy rollers. My God, roll on the floor or something. That you're, all your friends ain't in here. They didn't come in. Well, you don't worry about them. They're not watching you on Facebook. I love Kenneth Copeland's song. Cannot be defeated. And I've never quit. I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Jesus died and he fought the battle and he gave it all to me. I cannot be defeated. I'm saved, I'm healed, I'm free. You know you have the, did you know you have the wisdom of God? Jeannie, you have the favor of God, Zach. Did you know you have the anointing? God say I have the anointing of God I have the mind of Christ I have the same spirit that brought Jesus out of hell living on the inside of me hell will not hold me down 
hell will not hold me down. I don't know whether you know this or not. God has never pulled you from a fight. Do you know why? Because he loves watching you beat the mud out of the devil. God's up there going, get him, Jr. Whip him one more time, buddy. You know what? The devil would have done anything in the power to keep you out of church today. I was thinking about not coming. You know why? Satan don't want you full. You, you empty, you ain't squatting. You're just a bread basket running around. Anyway, I'm not done reading. Is this, is this? I think sometimes we just need to just kind of kick ourselves in the backside and say, get up. Glory to God. Listen to this. Kenneth Hagin said, anyone who shuts their spirit away and refuses to develop it will become crippled in life and a victim of scheming people. Don't stay normal. Don't stay natural. Go supernatural. The nature of man, according to Paul, normally consists of three sections, body, soul, and spirit. In order to emphasize the proper order, I refer to spirit, soul, and body. In its original constitution, these occupy definite relations of superiority and subordination to one another. The spirit is supreme, the body least important, and the soul occupies the middle position. In the fall, the order and all sin consist in the usurpation of by the body and the soul in the place of your spirit. That means, and I'm going to tell you what that says. When Adam fell, his mind and body ruled. God said, I need to bring it back to the spirit man ruling. In fallen man, these two inferior sections of your nature, together in what Paul says is your flesh, or the side of humanity that looks toward world and time, have taken possession of the throne and rule your life. While your spirit, the side of man that looks toward God and eternity, has been dethroned and reduced to a condition of inefficiency and death. But Christ has come to restore the lost predominance of your spirit, man, by taking possession of your spirit by his spirit. Holy Ghost lives in your spirit. He doesn't live in your mind. Okay. His spirit dwells in your human, vivifying it, sustaining it in such growing strength that it becomes more and more the sovereign part of man's constitution. The man ceases to be carnal and becomes spiritual. He is led by the Spirit of God and becomes more and more harmonious with all that is holy and divine. So the Holy Spirit moved into your spirit to make you like Jesus, divine. How does he do it? By building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in a supernatural 
language unknown to you, but not your spirit. The more you are Holy Ghost, the more like God you are. The less of Holy Ghost, the more like Adam you are. Now, that's why we have in America what we call carnal Christians. Now, I'm going to say something right now, and I'm just going to say it. I I hope it helps. There are times when I walk into a hospital room and someone's in there said, I'm believing God, and I just say, Father, have mercy. And I know before I leave, there's nothing outside of God, the Holy Ghost intervening that anybody can do. Because that person has never, ever grown in the Spirit. Now see, you're waiting on someone to come along and do a magic prayer. It's not up to people giving you magic prayers. It's up to you to walk in the Spirit. And God is now grooming the body to quit relying on people. To start relying on the greater one inside Amen. of you. I'm going to tell you a story right now, and I think Barbara Neff will remember this. I'm driving down the road here one day, and, I, and I'm going to say something about Catholics. God loves Catholics, and Catholics can be born again. But we all know that Catholics, some of them believe that you've got to get to a saint to get to Mary, to get to Jesus, to get to God. Okay, and that's the context of what I'm going to say. I'm driving down the road, and the Lord says to me, you know you're no different than a Catholic. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Normally, God's right. (laughs) But he ticked me off. And I hollered at him. I said, excuse me. There's no way in the world I'm going to sit in my pickup truck and you're going to call me a Catholic. I mean, I just let him have it. I mean, because I know he's always right, but but I don't know what side of the bed you got out of this morning. But I'm not a Catholic. And I said to him, I said, you know, I do not believe that I got to get to a saint to get to Mary to get Jesus to get to God. He said, but you do preach. They got to get to you. Come up here today and I'm going to lay my hands on you. You've been saved 35 years. What in the... Are you in a prayer line for? I mean, I know I just ticked you off. So anyway, anyway... I, I, I come around the corner and I walk in the office. Barbara was secretary. She said, Pastor, you got a phone call. There's a woman who wants you to pray for her pastor. <laughs> Do you remember this day? I see you call her back and tell her to come pray for her own pastor. <laughs> and Barbara said, I'm just relaying a message. <laughs> I said, I just got chewed out for that. You want someone to do? Do your own praying. The pastor, pray for me. Pastor, give me a word. Yes. 
can't wait till Jonathan comes when we get healed. Why don't you just, why don't you become Jonathan? Come on, God, I'm doing a real good job of preaching right now. When are we ever going to wake up and go, we are the body, we are full of God, the Holy Ghost, greater is he that is living on the inside of me. I cannot be defeated. He gave me a language where he will pray me out of every pit I will ever get myself into. I got God on the inside of me and nothing shall defeat me. I want someone to lay hands on me. I'm not saying I never need prayer. I've had times I walked up and said, get in agreement, lay hands on me. I'm not against that. But I'm telling you, if you're sitting around waiting on someone to do it all for you, you, you pick that book up and get right with God. It is. Now, after that, and I know, I know I'm going I'm to I'm take the cat out of the bat. That's why you don't see me up here much anymore. Because you're going to grow up. You fall on the floor, bam. Go down sick and get up sick. Go down unhappy and get up unhappy. You need an altar. Holy Spirit, teach me how to walk with you like you did. Holy Spirit, live big inside of me today. I have the mind of Christ. Go to, go to, forget the clock. Go to 1 Corinthians. Go to 1 Corinthians. I know that shook you up when I just said that. Put your flesh under. You come to grow or come to go? Whenever you come to this church, don't ever put anything in the oven. It'll be a burnt offering when you get home. Put in the crock pot. I'm not going to take much longer. Say Shandai. Hallelujah. My mother was laying in the hospital one day, and she was, my mother was wild. I know y'all can't believe that. The acorn don't fall far from the tree. And she's in there praying in tongues. I don't know what she said. And a doctor who was Armenian came by, and he comes in the room, and he speaks to Mama in Armenian. And Mama looked at him, goofy. Did not respond to him at all. And he stops and in English says, are you Armenian? She goes, nope. He said, well, I heard you worshiping God in perfect Armenian when I came by. She goes, oh, that's tongues. <laughs> he said, well, I don't know what it was, but God bless you, sweetheart. That was good Armenian praying you were doing. I'll tell you another thing that happened to me that was really cool. I was down in Venezuela. I laid hands on a boy and he got filled with the Holy Ghost spoke in English. Woo! <laughs> I mean, he laying down in the floor going, oh, glory to God. I love you, Jesus, and all that. And I'm sitting there going, well, I thought I got him filled with the Holy Ghost. And the guy goes, he don't speak English. <laughs> I went, glory be to God. English is tongues. What a precious gift it is. It is a precious 
gift from God. Do not neglect it. All right, I'm going to read this and I'm going to try to be done. I'm not promising you nothing. 2.6, however, we speak a wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of the age who are coming to nothing. That means they're dethroned. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom that God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew it, for had they known it, they'd have never crucified the Lord of glory. As is written, I has not seen nor ear heard entered the heart of man, things God prepared for those who love him. But God revealed them to us through his spirit. Holy Spirit taught me every scripture I know. There is nothing hidden he won't show you if you'll seek him. Nothing. Nothing. That's incredibly powerful. Seek and you shall, not might. Not if it's God's will. Seek and you shall find it. Anything you seek God over, he will open it and show it to you by the Spirit. It might take him 100,000 years. I got another story. But God revealed them to us through his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. What man knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man? Even so, no one knows the things of God but the spirit of God. Nobody knows God but the Holy Ghost. All you know now, the Holy Ghost showed you. And he's not done. He's got a lot to show you. Do you all remember George Washington Carver? He was a black slave. And as a boy, he was kind of an invalid. So he would spend time, just spending time seeking God. And one day he said, he said, Heavenly Father, I would like a pocket knife. For a black slave, that's pretty much an impossible request. And the Holy Ghost said, go to where the cornrows meet and you'll see a pocket knife and a watermelon. He woke up the next morning and went out to the cornrows went and found the corn that the Holy Ghost showed him and found a pocket knife sticking in an old watermelon. He, George Washington Carver, went to God and said, teach me about the universe. He said, you need to get the size a little smaller for your mind. He said, well, teach me about people. He said, keep going down. He said, can you teach me about the peanut? He said, it'll take a lifetime and I'll teach you about the peanut. He made peanut butter, plastic. The almond milk you're drinking, a a black slave boy invented it. He said, I'll teach you how to make milk out of a peanut. He made paint out of peanuts. Before he died, he had changed and saved the whole South because of his wisdom. A black slave changed the South with the Holy Ghost. Can you even imagine what you could do? Is there a limit? See, I'm only 67. Don't ever call me old. 
because I'm new every morning. And Lisa calls me one of the boys, and it's true. I'm in agreement with that. That's why I act childish. It's her fault. <laughs> I don't think old. I can't stand to watch old people walking around acting like you're dead. I do this on purpose. Tell my body how you ain't walking like you 80. I'm doing a better job than y'all, amen. amen. I know I've already offended some of you, but you'll get over it. <laughs> Look at verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. How much of them? All. You can know anything. Don't let Elon Musk beat you. Oh, I got a lot to say, and I, I, I'm. You know, one idea will make you a millionaire. One. Do you think God don't have a couple of ideas He would share? I'm going to tell you something else. I, I do things sometimes just to see if I can hear from the Holy Ghost. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you one. I've taken a penny, flipped it, and guessed it 100 times. And I went, heads. If I can do that with a dumb copper coin, I, I'm, I should go get a lottery ticket. You should. Build a school. Seventeen. Twenty-three. Don't just sit around here with your the rest of your life. Go do something. I want you to leave church today different than you came in and never, never go back there again. Say greater is he in me. And he that's in the world. We're going to pray a prayer before we go. Well, I'm going to pray one prayer with you. And I pray this. I would say every day that wouldn't be true. I'm going to read it first, and then we're going to pray it together. For this reason, I bow my knee to the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant me, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit inside my inner man. I pray that Christ would dwell in my heart through faith, that I would be rooted and grounded in love. Don't think that hadn't helped me. But I needed to walk in love a lot more than I was doing. I've learned that I might be able to comprehend or understand with all saints the width, length, depth, and height to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge so that I, Daryl Morgan, would be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above anything I could ever ask or think according to the power that is working inside of me. <laughs> Can I tell another story? Yes, Halfway through last year, I'm sitting at home, and I'm praying in the Spirit. And I start praying money, money, 
money. Now, at first, I prayed like that. But after a week, I became conscious. Like, God, don't you think that's excessive? And I'm going, okay, we need people saved. We need to pray about important stuff like people being saved. And I would pray along in the spirit and I'd go, money, 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 money. In our church, the income doubled. Then it doubled again. Then it doubled again. Then we paid the building off. I love the Holy Ghost. I'm saying that for you business people. You don't need, he said you would lend and not what? Pray in the Spirit and get that debt off you. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm not preaching. Right? I'm prophesying to some of y'all. You get the debt. Get that, sick, get that sickness. Get that mess off you. Let the Holy Spirit take you where you have. We ain't talking about Star Trek. We're talking Holy Ghost. Solomon, they threw silver away. That's old covenant. Okay, I got to stop. Are y'all ready to pray? I'm going to, I'm going to lead you. Say, for this reason, I bow my knee. To the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant to me, according to the riches of your glory, to be strengthened with might through your Spirit in my inner man. I pray that Christ would dwell in my heart through faith, that I would be rooted and grounded in love. That I would be able to understand with all saints the width, the length, the depth, and the height. That I would know the love of Christ that passes mere knowledge. That I would be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above anything I can ask or think according to the greater one in me to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever amen don't let that be the last time you pray that that'll take you places you've never been I don't have time to do it today. The day I got born again, the Holy Ghost hit me and changed everything in my life. And in one year, I was out of debt. He hadn't changed. He's been increasing me and increasing me and increasing me. And I'm looking in the days ahead for increase. I'm not looking. I'm not looking to retire. I'm refiring. I'm man. I'm not. He, well, he Lord woke me up four in the morning. When was it? Yesterday, Saturday morning. Saturday morning. That is yesterday. 
No, it was Friday morning. Started telling me, sorry, Barbara, another book. And he talked to me from four to six. I said, you want me to write another book? I hadn't even written the other one yet. This is cool. I'm out of time, but I'd like to teach you how to find deer and fish and money. But I'm out of time. Okay, come back and see me next Sunday. (laughs) Say, God God lives lives inside me. Okay, I got to go. Praise the Lord. I'm getting hungry. If uh, altar workers can come forward, if you want prayer for any reason, we want to pray with you. If you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you need to do that today. If you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you need to do that today. There's no guarantee of your life outside of Jesus. Amen. If you want a copy of the COVID exemption letter, it's sitting out on the table by the front door. Wonderful letter. Uh, According to right now, according to our governor in the state of Florida, he has imposed a $5,000 fine on every business who mandates the vaccine passport. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of fighting going on, and I'm not saying that you have it in your heart to sue your employer or you have the money to do that, but you can at least raise your voice. You can at least submit a letter and say, this is the law. And whether what you decide to do from there is your business. But when the CDC has given out a couple weeks ago a memorandum to all the news stations and to the doctors that five-year-olds, beware, but you're going to see an influx of five-year-olds in the emergency room, and you're going to call it acute flaccid myelitis. But what it is, it's a polio. It's It's a form of paralysis and polio that they're putting in the polio shot for every five year old that has to have their shots before they start school. 24,000 kids herded into Australia Stadium without their parents to receive the jab. Parents weren't allowed in. If you don't know what's going on, why don't you wake up? Do not let your kids, your relatives get the, any, va- any more vaccines, any more flu shots. None. No more jabs. I'm not afraid of what you think about me. I care about you. And we have a member of our church that got the flu shot. Paralyzed now. Paralyzed from the neck down. And it's not funny. And I'm not reading that off YouTube. They belong to our church. And they're not here anymore. So, you need prayer. (laughs) We need the Holy Spirit. We need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Come on up. Be prayed for if you want to be. I love the rest of you. I love all of you. Have a great weekend. Be full of God. It's the only way to be during this time. And let him lead you and guide you. It's not the 60s and the 70s and the good old days anymore. So, love you all. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, 
and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.